you when you need to know what's happening, it's 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 time to get in the huddle with Carl Duke, Brian Baldinger, and Jason Lacanfora. Back for another edition of In the Huddle, our man Nick Costos joining us as he does on a weekly basis to talk about the lines and how you should be betting. My man Brian Baldinger with us, and of course Jason Lockheim for a part of this podcast. I'm Carl Dukes. Put him up. Let's talk about uh, the Rams and Cowboys. Any Puka Nakua fans here? Any any anybody? How He's always hell? open. He's always open. He catches everything, and he always he's always got something after the catch. That's all I've seen. Fifty eight catches. That's all I've seen in seven weeks right now from him. This kid's got 752 yards. He's on his way to 1,000-plus yards, guys. Um, easy. 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 So, Nick, Cowboys come off of this big win right against the Chargers. They're at home, and here come the Rams. And, I, guys, I didn't think the Rams would be as good as they are. I'll be honest with you. I didn't think they'd be as competitive as they've been. So now the Cowboys at home with a, uh, a six-point spread. Their favorite, the over-under is 45-and-a-half. Nick Costos, where are you at on this? So is that – I just want to, like, is that spread now? Is it six? Because uh, I, I – th- uh, I, I, think, like the, okay. I think it is. I want to double check. Let's Spence, let's double check our producer. But yeah, I, I I think it's six, six and a half. Okay, there it is. Yeah, I like uh that half point. I'd like that half point very much because I like the Rams and I want to be able to win on six uh with this game on Sunday. And you make up a great point. I mean, Nakua, not only has Nakua been great, Tutu Atwell's been really good, been minimized since Cup came back, but I mean he's been excellent. Cup's obviously ridiculous. I like the Rams are literally like, like if Henderson and Freeman get hurt, it might be like the three of us taking, we'll all run for five or six yards of pop coming up like behind, like in this big face scheme. It's for Daryl Henderson off the street running for five yards to carry this Sunday with Royce Freeman and like Zach Evans can't even get into the game. We'll see about Gaskin. So like the Rams offense has been awesome this year. Um, you know, last week, the the result for the Rams, I felt like was pretty unlucky. Uh, Maher had the yips and it, I feel bad for him as a person, but like, I think McVay did the right mm. thing. Like you can't, you can't have this. And then he's going to go back to that house of horrors in Dallas. He's going to miss every kick. You couldn't have that. So I thought that was a good move by McVay. The Rams get jobbed at the end by the bad spot. So maybe that game turns out differently. If you know, like the kicker's not in his head and you get some better officiating, maybe the game turns out differently. And then the point spreads never this. So for me, Dallas's defense is still awesome. Like, I'm not going to tell you Dallas's defense is bad, but I don't think it's as good, you know, with, without some of the players that they've lost, whether obviously Trevon Diggs, Van Der Esch, et cetera here. And this is like, it's like Stafford with Detroit. Like he was like the king of the backdoor cover. You never feel good. Like even if Dallas is ahead, like late in this game, you got Stafford on the other side. How many times have we seen this with Detroit? And it's been a couple times with the Rams, most notably week two this year against the Niners when they backdoored that game at the very end where I, I wouldn't be shocked if the Rams won this game. Uh, I, I love McVay and I love like the, what he'll have rolled out there for this Dallas defense. I think the Rams will be able to score a little bit. Stafford, get the ball out of his hands quickly. I like cup and Nakua big time in this game from a fantasy perspective. Uh, I'm not saying the Rams will definitely win, but I think this point spreads a little inflated. I make my own numbers in games. I make Dallas in between a three and a half and a five point favorite in that range. Uh, six for me is a bridge too far. Six and a half definitely is. I'll take the points with the Rams. It should be an interesting game, guys. Uh, are we looking at the Vikings surging? And by the way, Kirk Cousins, give him props, guys. Okay, he's playing well. Uh, I know we're three and four, two and two and one at home, uh, away. But here come the Packers. They're on the road this weekend, and this is even, right? I mean, is this a pick 'em game right now? Yeah, this on is the road. Pick it's faith. Pick the winner of the game, and we've seen you know, the the. Um, the uh, spread flip a couple times from like Vikings minus one to Packers minus one, which is basically, it's like the same point spread. Basically it's like pick the winner of the game. Um, Worth noting 
before Monday Night Football, uh, the Packers are about a two and a half point home favorite. And then Monday Night Football happens, and then we open with Minnesota as a small favorite in the game and look like the Vikings deserve a ton of credit. And I was wrong. I liked the Niners on Monday night. I think if McCaffrey doesn't fumble on the op- on their opening drive, maybe things turn out differently, but that's also an Addison's catch at the end of the first half, but that's hashtag sour grapes for me. Someone who got on, going to bet on the 49ers. Like, Cousins played great. Addison was great. Like, I, I thought the defense played really well also. Like, Bynum, I know, Baldy, you had a breakdown that he, that Bynum himself shared, which was pretty cool. Uh, so, no disrespect to the Vikings, but... You know, we say it all the time. The NFL is the ultimate week-to-week league. And this is kind of like, to use a stock market analogy, to get a little nerdy here, just like a betting philosophy here. This is like the Vikings at like the height of what their market is likely to be without Justin Jefferson. So like this is like a sell Minnesota by Green Bay. Um, good news for the Packers is it looks like Christian Watson's going to be good to play. I mean, he goes down at the end of the Broncos game, and I'm like, this dude's out for the season. Like, this hasn't gone great for Christian Watson. He practiced yesterday in full on Wednesday. So he looks like he'll be good to go here. So this is going to be, and betters will do this sometimes. And I'm guessing that a lot of like, whatever, sharp betters, semi-sharp betters will agree about this. I think this is like a blind faith Green Bay bet here and a sell of the Minnesota Vikings. I'll begrudgingly take the Packers. And I actually think my bet's going to win. Tell me guys, do the Dolphins bounce back and cover the nine against the Patriots at home? Uh, what did you guys think about their performance or lack thereof against the Eagles? Are the Eagles just that dominant? And then do you expect them to bounce back and cover the nine on Sunday? Well, I mean, just real quick, Nick. Uh, I, look, I, I predicted Philadelphia would win this game. They're just so much better in the trenches. And it showed up over and over. I mean, Jalen Carter put the left guard out of the game on the fourth play. He didn't just put him out of the game. He put him out for the season. I mean, then who's the first play Jalen Carter came in the game? He put the left guard out. Now they're down their third-team left guard. Um, you know, they got a third-team left tackle. I mean, they're just – you know, and so they they shut down the run, and then they, they got the lead, and they got after two of – Slay made a great play in the corner. I don't know what Jalen Wada was doing, but it made it easy for Slay to take the ball away. Um, I, I just think – I didn't think Minnesota, Miami had a chance against Philadelphia in the trenches. Nick, you can – you could you could take. I saw the first game against Patriots. We all did. It was a seven point game. Yeah. I mean, and they're without Judon and without Gonzalez right now, where they really helped keep the score down. Um, I think Miami bounces back. But Nick, um, sometimes guys, there are um, like moments during the week where you like follow and. The game that's played, obviously, on the field is extremely interesting. And there's a lot going on. And like, and Baldy can speak to that better than anyone. Like, like knows what forgotten more about football than I know. But as a fan of 30 plus years, you watch the game and a lot of interesting stuff goes on, obviously, mm-hmm. right? If you follow ever followed like the betting market, I'm telling I'm not trying to tell football fans like it's as interesting as what goes on on the field. And I'm a massive like diehard lifelong football fan. It's incredibly interesting, though, if you pay attention, like over on the betting market, what happens over the course of the week. So on Monday, the point spread of this game with the Dolphins and Patriots is Miami favored by 10 and a half. Right. And I'm like, okay, like that point spread, like makes sense. Like there's nothing wrong with this point spread. The game kind of breaks my brain a little bit because, you know, I thought the Patriots were going to get waxed by the bills and then they, they win the game outright. And now like, I'm not really sure what to do with new England. And on Monday, as Ken and I are doing the show, 
the game goes through 10 and goes to nine and a half. Now, 10 is not like a massively key number the way three or seven is, but like that's a significant move. Like five and a half to four and a half doesn't matter because games don't land five ever. Like not all moves are the same. A move through 10 like is fairly significant. And we're both, we're doing the show and we're talking about this live on the air. Like what, why is this happening on Monday? Like what's happening here? Is this like organic interest in the Patriots that, that betters have? And they're like, you know what? We think early in the week, this is wrong. We want to buy on New England. We want to sell Miami a little bit. And then the news comes out yesterday and, and we're on the air yesterday thinking, this, people probably knew this. Mm-hmm. So Tyree Kill doesn't practice on Wednesday with the hip injury. Yeah. And you know, well. insiders are kind of making it like, is he going to play in the game? Is he not going to play? There's a quote from Tuatunga Vailoa, and the quote is as follows. At some point, we'll get Tyreek back. The, oh. That could mean that could mean today on Thursday he's back at practice. That could mean Sunday. That could mean like three weeks from now. I don't think anyone knows what's happening with Tyreek Hill right now. Like, is he going to play on Sunday? Flip a coin. I, I, if I had to like create a betting market, I would say the favorite is him not playing in the game based on like what I know, based on what the tweets are from the insiders, based on two quotes and based on the line movements in the game. Cause mm-hmm. betters will generally know this stuff before the public has it before the insiders will tweet it. Um, and that's what I think is so interesting. So mm-hmm. I, I think that if you're betting this game right now and you want it before we know about Tyree kill, I would tread lightly because we don't know if the most important player for Miami besides for two, obviously is going to play in the game. I, I could only go towards the Patriots right now, but we are dealing guys with way incomplete information right now on this game. Great okay. stuff. That's yeah. interesting. Interesting. And Nick is absolutely right. That report came out about Tyreek and everybody's like, Oh, okay. You cannot look at that lightly, especially if you're going to, uh, put something on this. All right. J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 guys. Jets, Giants. Um, I, I thought this would look differently, Baldy, before the season started, right? I thought, you know, the Giants would be a little bit better than what they are. And certainly we had high expectations for Aaron Rodgers, et cetera. Well, that's not where we are. But the Jets are a three-point favorite against the Giants this weekend. And I like them. I mean, the over-under guys is, what, 36 or whatever? I mean, Yikes, neither one of these offenses, we know they've struggled, but uh, I like the Jets. I, I, I do. Nick, where are you at? Um, yeah, like this is unfortunately a game where, you know, we're, as we tape right now, I can give you my opinion and kind of like what I think is going to happen, but kind of dealing a little bit with incomplete information just because like, as, as always this year, the Giants injury report is absolutely massive. And like Thibodeau gets added yesterday on Wednesday, which was unexpected, like limited practice. And the Giants had basically been saying, you know, our stud left tackle, Andrew Thomas is going to be back for the Jets game. Like read some quotes coming out of like the Giants yesterday. Like I, I think it's, it sounds like it's like a coin flip almost for Thomas. So maybe he plays. He did get a practice in yesterday. So did Schmitz, the starting center. But like, we don't know if Daniel Jones is going to play in the game. And just like locally here, like the conversation, as you can imagine, I don't know. I think like the fans can be dumb, just like in general, me and myself included. Like the talk now is, is Tyrod Taylor better than Daniel Jones? It's like, I, I hate this stuff so much. Like, no. No, he's not better than Daniel Jones, but Jones probably needed to sit shell-shocked right? gets hit on every play. Anyway, so we don't know who the Giants quarterback is going to be. Also, like, can we find out if Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed are going to clear concussion protocol? Like, that matters a lot. I think they're going to, but, like, who knows with this stuff? Roshan Johnson missed, like, three games of the concussion. Like, who knows with these two corners? And obviously, if they don't play, like, it opens up Jalen Hyatt in the downfield passing game. If they do play, I feel like bye-bye to kind of, like, that downfield passing game for the Giants. So I think it's kind of contingent upon um, injury stuff here. I'll, I'll give you some point spread analysis for now. I think three is the right number in the game. I think the Jets deserve to be favored by three. This is obviously like not a home field for either team. 
So this sucks for the Giants to have to quote unquote host the game because they lose. The Jets basically get an extra home game. Uh, I think three is the right number. Two and a half, I'd be interested in the Jets. Three and a half, I'd be interested in the Giants. So there's like a point spread breakdown for you. Until we know kind of like who's playing in the game, it's kind of difficult to give you anything more than that. Neither team can really score. I mean, they just, you know, I mean, the Jets scored in their last win against the Eagles. They scored one touchdown, and the Eagles gave them the touchdown. Mm -hmm. They let Brees Hall go from eight yards in because they wanted the ball to win the game. That, that, I mean, it's just hard. Like, the Jets have improved a lot. I mean, Brees Hall, I think, could have a big game. Um, Makai Beckton's playing better. Uh, the Jets have all the momentum to me, but the Giants have played real well two weeks in a row. They should have beat Buffalo the week before. To me, this game is so pivotal. Like the winner of the game, I believe, has a chance to play meaningful games in December. The loser of the game, I feel, is, is just out. Yeah. They're just out. Like they're not going to make some rapid comeback. But if the Jets put their third win in a row and get to four and three, like I was at the Jets yesterday all morning, like there is optimism there. But, you know, I, I, Wink Martindale has been scouting this team since their preseason game, throwing stuff at him in preseason hoping that, you know, he's going to get a, an idea about what they will do against certain looks, preseason, regular season. That's how these coaches think. They're always looking for something that they can use game plan-wise that can help them win the game. Can I can I toss something out? Um, in the in the preseason game, Baldy, like uh, amongst like, again, like hashtag nerd, huge yeah. fantasy football player. I pay attention to usage in the preseason. Yeah. I'm, I, I love this stuff. Um, it is worth noting, and like I kind of like poo-pooed the chances of this happening, but then you brought up the preseason and it kind of jogged my memory a yeah. little bit. So I want to get your thought on this. In that preseason game, Jalen Hyatt cooked yeah. Sauce Gardner. Just and like the game. And I think I maybe I think it was Ty, maybe it was Daniel Jones. I forget who the quarterback was. I think like, yeah, like maybe like missed him on the throw if memory yeah. serves, but Hyatt like cooked Sauce Gardner on that. Yeah, play. behind him twice. Do you uh do you think that could happen like an actual like in an actual if Sauce plays on Sunday and Reed plays, I guess Hyatt's shown you enough because like that that matters if they actually have that legitimate field stretcher like on the outside well, opens things know, up underneath, but, obviously. You know, last week the Giants hit seven explosive plays against Washington, six in a passing game. Terod had one running. And Jalen Hyatt ran the same route against, I think it was Benjamin St. Juice, but I he ran the exact same route against Washington, one for 40, one for 30 that he ran against Sauce. It's just a little stutter and go, but he's got this little, you know, he puts these corners in a freeze and he's buying. And I think he's a, a great weapon. Like I know he can do more than just run go routes, but it, you know, if he's out there, he's going to test Sauce again. Now Sauce, I think will learn from that and he'll stay on top of it, but they're going to test it for sure. Guys, uh, one of the better games, I think uh, on Sunday, Bengals at 49ers. We don't know the circumstances of uh, Brock Purdy, uh, you know, the, the the whole Trent Williams situation and how that's going to affect them and continue to affect them. But listen, Brock had his tight end. He had Ayuk out there. He had McCaffrey, right? I, I can't sit here and make excuses, and I don't know if he plays or not, but this is interesting because uh, I, I think the 49ers in a bounce-back situation favored at home only by, what, three and a half against a Bengals team that I think is coming. I, you know, I think they're they're playing much better than than they have been. So, yeah. very interesting game in the four o'clock window, guys. Nick Costos, where are you at, brother? Okay, so I think like we just require like the Purdy stuff needs to be unpacked a little bit here because it obviously matters if people want to place a bet on the game. So this point spread opens 
San Francisco is a five and a half point home favorite. And I think I think that number is fine. Like San Francisco favored by more than three, but not but not up to six, but basically all the way there. Um, and I think like the betters will or people will generally have the thought, well, it's what I saw last. San Francisco's lost the last two games. Interested in Cincinnati. You would certainly understand that. Bengals with Burrow coming off the bye. Um, I would argue that if Jake Moody makes that kick at the end of the Browns game, then maybe we're not having this conversation. But he missed it, and so we can have we can have the conversation. So Purdy yesterday gets added to concussion protocol, right? And that tweet comes out and we get uh, like an avalanche of bets coming up on the Cincinnati Bengals, um, pushing this down to three and a half. Now worth noting the spread hit three. And that was where people stepped in and said, okay, we think this is now wrong. And now we sit above three. So we're basically not at the same number because like uh, games can land four, but we haven't hit the key number of three. So I think this is either maybe people having confidence that Purdy might play in the game or maybe thinking that there's basically no downgrade or minimal downgrade from Purdy to Sam Darnold. So like a really interesting point spread and like real life conversation that comes up as a result. Um, also, Adam Schefter tweeting, and I have the tweet up here late Wednesday night, um, basically after everyone made it like Purdy, and I, this is not a criticism of them, it's all new information. It's a new protocol for the league this year. So everything is new right now. So I'm mm-hmm. not criticizing Schefter at all. So he tweeted this last night. Um, this is his verbatim. As it turns out, over the last few years, roughly 25% of players who suffer a concussion will return to play the following week when the game is six to seven days away per the NFL. So far this season, several players have returned for the next game. Passing through protocol is criterion dependent, not time dependent, which sounds to me like they wanted to walk it back a little bit that Purdy's definitely out. So I think if people are going to bet this game, like I wouldn't definitely place a bet as if Sam Darnold's playing in the game. I think it's likely Sam Darnold plays, but I don't think it's 100%. As far as the game is concerned, I think this profiles is a great buy-low spot for San Francisco. I'm in on the Niners here, especially if this gets to three. I don't think I'd ever bet Cincinnati at these numbers. And I get it. You're right, Carl. This team is on the come. Maybe defense starts to play better now. T. Higgins is going to be healthy, ostensibly the healthiest Burrow will be. I just think it's like, I think San Francisco is a lot better. I think there's a chance, not definitely, that this year's Bengals team and Baldy, you may think this is the worst take of all time, that this year's Bengals team is like last year's Tampa team, where the quarterback kind of props them up in the betting market and kind of props up the perception. But maybe the team's actually not really that good. Uh, I'm not saying that's definitely the case or that Burrow and Brady are identical. Just that, like, maybe that's possible here. I would only bet the San Francisco 49ers. Hmm. It's uh, it's interesting. I'll say this. I thought last week going into that game, and you said it. We talked about Vikings 49ers. Listen, everybody has a clunker. You know, it happens in the NFL. It's all about how you respond and bounce back and not lose two or three or four in a row. Uh, 49ers at home. I-, I can't wait to see how this game plays out. And, Nick, I am going to disagree with that take. I do think the Bengals are on the come, and I think they're going to be fine. But I hear you. I mean, it makes sense from a betting standpoint exactly what you're saying about the respect we have for Burrow, right? That's basically what you're saying and what we think of him. And therefore, some of these numbers are a little bit skewed. But how how good is the team actually? Where are they in the pecking order? So, but, 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 like, but like to be fair, Carl, like, listen, like, like the bet can be, you can make that bet and say, well, I get Joe Burrow more than a field goal. Like I lose by three, I win my bet. And like, I'm not, I'm not saying that's a bad reason to make a bet. He's awesome as an assassin. Like he's definitely better than the Niners quarterbacks. So like that could be the case just to like, I think San Francisco, even without Debo, we'll see on Trent Williams is a good amount better than Cincinnati playing at home, following two losses. Like I like that spot for the Niners. 
as always, I'm willing to be wrong. I've been wrong before. I will be wrong again. Well, Nick Taylor, I, I, I can't wait till next week if the 49ers should lose this game and they lose three in a row at, and yeah. that third at home. I can't wait to see our conversation next week if that should happen. So, yeah, great I mean, point, Baldy. Yeah. Uh, Nick, tell the people where they can find your podcast, brother. Yeah, appreciate it. Uh, just search You Bet wherever you find your podcast. We are live 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern. Uh, now simulcast by Stadium, which is awesome, and now carried on on Sirius XM, which is really great. Uh, and all the places you found You Bet or You Bet otherwise. But again, you want to catch us in podcast form, just search You Bet wherever you find your podcasts. Get all the games. Nick Costos, thank you so much. As I like to say, get money. We'll talk to you next week, brother. Looking forward to it. Great stuff from Nick Costos here on In the Huddle. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company.